Man, thank you guys. It's great. He is worthy of all of this, being the last lines we sang are absolutely perfect for uh, what I want to share today. And uh, to start that off, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you, we just got word that the DG is already out of bread and milk. Uh, So, just kidding. Just kidding. You came to the early service, so, you know, you'll get to beat Beat the, beat the Methodists there at least. So, But uh, all the old Methodists just laughed. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, here's, uh, here's, here's what's up. Uh, wow. 17 years ago today, the 2nd of January, 2005, 24 Church had its first worship service. Uh, 17 years ago today. How amazing is that? And I, I'm going to say it now and I'm going to say it later. What, we, what I just said a second ago being the, the, the perfect line, you know, that he is worthy of all of this. Uh, it, it is because of him that we are here. Uh, and it is him who has brought us here. It is him who has carried us here. It is him who has loved us through our own stupidity uh, and whatever else. Uh, that, uh, you know, there should have been about a million things against us. Uh, There were a million things against us, uh, but there was one that was for us, and and it was the Lord. Uh, And and I truly believe that because, uh, you know, our heart has always been, not maybe maybe we've not always perfectly been this way, uh, but our heart has always been that it would be for His glory, uh, not for our own, not to make the name known of any pastors or uh, even necessarily a church. Uh, but that but that people would know Jesus uh, because we we would have a church here. Um, I, I went back, oh, and it's hard for me to do this kind of stuff, but I went back, Jerry posted yesterday uh, the first uh, the first message from that first service, <clears throat> which is on YouTube. I, I, I may have known that it was there. I've probably just been ignoring the fact that it's there. Uh, I generally ignore all of the past messages because uh, I don't. I'm not the one to like go back and listen to them. A lot of people come to me and uh, they'll they'll tell me stuff. Oh, I watched this message the other day from like 2008, and you were talking about this, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, and I'm like, no. You know, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I don't, and and so it's funny, like watching watching a message I taught 17 years ago today uh, over at Pleasant View Elementary School, and uh, I, I don't I don't remember I don't remember a lot of that. You know, there's I mean, there's pieces of it that I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that, and I'm like, I don't remember this, I don't remember this illustration, I, you know, whatever it is, and uh, and it just, but it's I, I'd already I've already been praying for us as a church as we enter into a new year. Uh, and like most folks, you know, that are entering into a new year, I'm praying and asking God, you know, what is it that you want from me uh, in this coming year? What is it that you want, an even bigger picture, what do you want for, from us and for us as a church, as 24 Church? And so uh, I've been praying about that. I've been praying, I've been praying about this for, for months, honestly, on and off throughout, you know, thinking through, you know, different things. And, um, and I knew I was going to have a couple of weeks before we launched into a series that we're going to do in a, in a few weeks uh, that we will start uh, that is kind of a, you know, who is 24 Church type of a series. 
Uh, but uh, before we got there, I thought, well, you know, what do, we, what do we need? What do we need as a church? What do we need to do to prepare our hearts? And, you know, one of the things that I, I thought about was it's hard for me every year to not want to, not this is a bad thing, but it's hard for me every year to not want to go back and think about the things that God has done over the past years. And I think, and I think a lot of times we're, in, we're not great, uh, you know, we as people and maybe even we as a church are not always great at stopping to smell the roses, so to speak, and go, look at what God has done. Look at what God has done. And, and to let Him get the glory for what he's done. I mean, the, the, the fact that we're here 17 years later is, is nothing short of a miracle. I mean, it really has to be the Lord, you know, wanting that to be the case, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and, and so, you know, I, 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 I woke up yesterday morning, like, uh, and like the first thought that I had in my head yesterday morning when I woke up was the, the old hymn, Count Your Blessings. Now you're singing it in your head. Like, I mean, some of y'all just, I mean, you went there, I mean, just as soon as I said it, you know, and you're, you know, you're going to be singing it to rest of the service. That's fine. Uh, we're not singing it. But, uh, you know, but, uh, you know that, that whole idea of counting your blessings, name them one by one. And I, just, and I just got to thinking, you know, what does it look like for us to do that for just a minute? You know, not, you know, not want to spend uh, a ton of time on it, but just a minute because the Lord deserves that. The Lord, it, it, He deserves us recognizing things that He's done. And, and so I just started thinking about all the things that we could count. You know, we could count 17 years uh, of being together. By the way, just, just out of curiosity, is there anybody in here that was here 17, well not here, but in that gym 17 years ago? Dusty and Sheena, Ben, I can't even tell who's back there raising their hand. Who is that? The cars? Okay. And Suzanne, are you claiming that you were there? Is that what's going on? Okay, you were pointing at them? Is that what you were doing? Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, but it's, you know, it's crazy to think about. In fact, you watch that video, uh, Nathan wasn't with us until the, the very next week. Uh, so his 17-year anniversary is next week. So you can wish him happy, happy anniversary next week. Uh, but no, uh, he, had, he had something going on that week. And the truth is, is we were having to, like, beg him to come because he, he had just kind of had some really bad ministry experiences and, and was kind of bitter and uh, not telling his story. He can tell it, uh, and he's glad to do so. But the Lord brought him through a bunch of stuff to bring him to 24. And, uh, and I think all those experiences are part of even that. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, we can count 17 years. We can count, uh, you know, uh, a, whole bunch of, a whole bunch of people that would show up. You know, probably 15, 20 people each week would show up uh, to uh, set up uh, at a school and tear it down and all these things. And, I mean, we're talking for years we did this. And uh, we can count two schools that we did that uh, in. Uh, we uh, can count uh, one building that God finally gave us, and uh, man, we just, I mean, you just, you gotta, you gotta know that, like, we just didn't have a clue what we were doing. I mean, as, as Gary Morgan would say, we were a bunch of young puppies, you know, and I mean, we were just, I mean, I was, I was the old guy, I was 27 years old when we started the church, and, and it was just like, you know, what, what are we, oh, we're just gonna do this thing, you know, and, and just blindly, just like felt the Lord leading us to do this, and, and so we went for it. And, uh, you know, we, you know, I have seen so many things, and I think about, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, still counting things, thinking about, like, all of the, the people that we've seen come, 
seen, you know, move away. We've, we've seen, we've lost people. We've gained people. So many new people. Some of you are some of those people along the way. So many families. So many people coming to know Jesus. So many baptisms. You know, so many, so many people served. I mean, it, it's just on and on and on. But I say all that to say, like, thank God. Thank God for what He's done. Thank God that He's called us to do this. And, and thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness uh, to worship, to, to join us for worship, to be a part of this body. Uh, thank you uh, to uh, our members uh, who have so faithfully come alongside uh, of us at times and, and helped uh, as, a, as a pastor and as a staff member uh, just help encourage us and, and help us to not feel like we're crazy uh, when we feel like God's leading us in a direction and we throw something out there that we're like, we don't know where this is going to land. Let's see how this goes, you know. And uh, I mean, just time and time again, and our deacons, the same thing. Thank you to all of you that serve and serve so faithfully and, and lead in serving others. And, and thank, you to our, thank you to our staff. Uh, thank you to our ministry assistants. Thank you to uh, our pastors. And thank you to their families. They have sacrificed greatly uh, for us to be here today. And, and uh, that, that's not lost on me today. And uh, I, just, I, just, I, I can't help but think about all of those things and so many other things and moments and all that stuff too um, that uh, it just, you know, it's just amazing. Um, so I watched that message from 17 years ago. And, and there were a few things that stuck out to me that, you know, that just kind of, you know, came to the top as, as reminders. One of those is that we are, we are still as a church called to many of the same things. In fact, we're still called to all of the same things. We're still called to worship Jesus. We're still called to glorify Him, to make Him known. And, and that's through singing songs to Him, but that's, that's through how we live out there. You know, that's that that's the people would see Him in us. That we're still called to make disciples uh, that we're still uh, called to grow in, in Him and, and in His Word and, and our relationship with Him. That we're still called to be a family uh, for one another. One of the things that I, uh, struck me that I actually said, I, there was a lot of things I said that I was like, you idiot, you know, why would you say that? Stupid 27-year-old doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we can all do that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but there was one thing that, 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 that kind of caught me that I'm, I was like, oh, Wow. Like, that's like straight up from day one. Uh, I, I got in a little moment there in that message where I was talking about how God has called us to be real to this community uh, and not put on airs and not, you know, make it about anything other than Jesus uh, and, and that we should live our lives out in that way the same on Sunday and, you know, all the things. And, uh, you know, I was just like, man, that's, that's true and, and that's, that's so good and such a great reminder for us today. Uh, but we're still called to be that family for one another. And you can't be a family if you're not real with one another. Um, you may go, well, I'll fake it with my family. Well, good luck with that. Um, and uh, <laughs> we are still called uh, to reach our community. We're still called to reach people for Jesus. That's why we started church. That's why we started church. I mean, I, I could have gone on continuing to take a paycheck being a youth pastor at other churches or I guess maybe be a pastor at other churches. I don't know how that would have worked out. I probably would have gotten fired. Uh, but, um, and that's okay. Uh, but, um, you know, I look back on, you know, what drove the idea of 24 Church 
was that, first of all, we're trying to follow the Lord and, and Him leading, but, but, the, but the thing that like put the weight on to like just bury this idea that, that we had to do this was that there were people here in a community uh, that might not be reached by other churches. And I said on that day, and I'll say again, we believe God uses different types of churches to reach different types of people. And I think that's still true. And I think God has been using our church, uh, this body of believers, to continue to reach people for Christ. Then one of the things uh, that I talked about uh, was uh, I had an illustration. And funny enough, uh, the illustration included uh, something. And I, and I asked people, I said, uh, you ever have something that uh, you bought and you never put together? You know, and I had everybody raise their hand, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I said, you, you know, sometimes we got we buy something, but then we we don't we don't put it together, and you know, I'm I'm guilty of that, and I, and so I pulled out this this actual thing. I can't believe I still got it. Actually, I can't because I don't throw stuff like this away. But that's a whole other issue in my life. Um, and, <laughs> and it's a it's a car model that 17 years later I still haven't put together. Uh, but it is a model of, it's a model actually of, of my car, and I haven't opened this probably in 17 years until right now, uh, but it just so happened after I watched that, I was like, I know where that's at, I just saw it, uh, and so I went and grabbed it this morning, and uh, yeah, and so, you know, it's a model of, well, supposed to be of my car, a car that I bought when I was 21 years old that I still own, a Cobra Mustang. And uh, me and Aaron dated in this thing and all this stuff, you know, so it's all sentimental and whatever that you can do with stupid earthly things. Uh, but I got to talking about us and our call to also model uh, things in this world. And, and I, I use this passage that I, I have used so many times in my life, and I talked about that that day, uh, but especially when I was a youth pastor, we talked about that a lot. Uh, which was this passage out of 1 Timothy. In 1 Timothy 4, uh, you have this passage that, you know, is probably overdone by every youth evangelist that's ever ever existed. But the truth is, is that uh, it, it says to us to do this, and it says to teach these things. In fact, 1 Timothy 4.11 says this. It says, command and teach these things. And then it goes to verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And if I'm remembering correctly, we went on actually after that week to break down each of those things, to do a week on each of those things and talk about what it looks like for us to lead in an example and model this example of Jesus, you know, for others. But, I mean, it, it even says specifically uh, to believers, and don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. And, of course, I'm sure I was, you know, really, you know, dr- wanting to drive that home because I'm a 27-year-old preacher at the time, 17 years ago, trying to talk people into believing that they should listen to me. Um, that's probably where my head's at. I don't know. I can't remember for sure because it was 17 years ago. Uh, but the beauty of this passage is that it always stands the test of time. And the thing that came to me as I was thinking about this whole idea of modeling, you know, what God has called us to is that it fed into these 
weeks that you know I was talking about before we get into the who is 24 thing and I thought you know that's actually that's actually pretty good and I kind of fought I actually kind of fought off like sharing these passages that I shared 17 years ago and it made me remind it reminded me of uh, uh, Jerry Seinfeld who actually uh, and I love keeping up with comedians and stuff but uh, Jerry went on uh, the David Letterman show and he did a he did a whole bit like talking about like ancient David Letterman years, late, late night David Letterman years. And it was the first time he was on Letterman and he did this whole thing. Well, then when Letterman was retiring, he had Jerry on, I think within like the last week of him being, of having his, you know, last show on, uh, you know, mainstream uh, late night or whatever. And, uh, and Jerry went on and he did the exact same monologue from front to back. Like never, didn't come out and like warn anybody, didn't like, he just came out and started telling jokes that he had told like 20-something years before, you know. And I'm like, I can't do that. And then I'm like, I'm going to do a little bit of that. And so that, that's kind of where I, I, I went with this today. And, and so in the idea of this and the thought of this whole modeling of what God has called us to, I think for us to start the year off thinking about what does the Lord want for our lives is a great question to ask. And I really believe that the answer to the question is that He wants us to model Him. And we know that, and we know that He wants us to model Him. But I think for a lot of us, I think we get, we get so caught up with life and, and I think, you know, the one, one good thing that happens over times like Christmas and New Year's and things like that is, is that we, we take a break from a lot of things going on, and if we're really honest with ourselves, we pay attention a little more to maybe some things that are more important in our lives, and we start to realize how much time we spend doing things that are not as important. Not to say that they're not important at all, but... You know, it, it's just a, it's a priorities issue. And I think for most of us, if we're just really super honest with ourselves, we have priority issues at times. And with those priority issues just comes all the natural issues that we will have when we put other things before the Lord. So then, I shared this passage and I'm going to share it too. And... In this passage, we see Jesus and his disciples, and this is John 13. In fact, if you've got your Bible and you want to go to John 13, that'd be great. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles, they will be glad to bring you one. Just throw your hand up and let them get you one. John 13, we have this passage where we see Jesus doing something with his disciples. By the way, if you don't own a Bible, you're welcome to keep that one. We're glad for you to have it as a gift. Uh, but John 13 brings about this reminder of something that is so important for Jesus to do when, when Jesus came. I think for most of us, when we think about Jesus uh, coming, and of course we've been celebrating the coming of Jesus and the birth of uh, you know, uh, him as a baby and, and all these things and uh, whatnot, but then you know, we, we really we, we think about that, we think about the cross, and we think about uh, an empty tomb. But there's something that Jesus does for three years, and really his life before that, but we know the majority of it about these three years, and that is that we see him model for us what it looks like to follow him. He has disciples. He's leading his disciples. And, and up until John 13, he's not just leading his disciples. At John 13, 
he humbles himself to do something here. Now, John 13, and, and, and we're going to read the majority of this passage, and the reason being is because I felt like it was perfect coming off of last week where we spent some time in God's Word remembering the Lord's Supper and taking communion together. And we talked about that last week. If you missed it, I'm so sorry. It was a pretty awesome time together uh, with the Lord. Uh, but in John 13, we see Jesus before that, but at the same time. So the, the disciples have gathered for this feast with Jesus at Passover. You know, in fact, let's just go ahead and read John 3, thir- I'm sorry, John 13, 1. And it says this, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart, out of this world to the Father, having known His own who were in the world, He loved them to the end. So uh, let me just kind of remind us that in this moment, what we've got is we've got Jesus with the disciples, and Jesus is about to be had. They're about to come get Him. They're about to take Him, arrest Him, you know, uh, just, you know, do all these horrible things to him, and then kill him, okay? And so that's, that's the moment in where we are in Jesus' life right here is that, that that's this moment. And so it's verse 2, it says, during, the supper, during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, and was going back to God, rose from the supper, okay? Jesus rose from the supper, and he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the, t- with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. It goes on in verse 12 and it says, When he had washed their feet and put on, their out, put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus washes the feet of the disciples. So, I want you to think about this for just a minute. I want you to think about Jesus as a leader to these men. And he's been training them 
in the way that they should go, so to speak. And, and all of this all along the way. And then now we're going to take this break and we're having this last supper, okay? And we're taking a break from dinner to have a moment for him to turn around and wash the feet of the disciples. A couple things about this. Number one, uh, if you ever try to wash Jason Pennington's feet, he will freak out on you, okay? So it just if you want to try it sometime, I highly recommend it. Uh, good luck, though. Uh, I'm just messing, but it's true. Uh, no, more importantly, uh, the, the idea of washing feet, you have to understand. I know to us it seems like such kind of a, a silly thing, but at that point in time, uh, we're, talking about, we're talking about people's feet at a point in time when they couldn't go and buy Jordans, okay? You know, they're, they're wearing sandals or they're even walking, a lot of people walking barefoot a lot of time. And so their feet are like nasty, nasty. Not like, not like you know, kind of dirty and they probably rinse. I mean, like they're just plain nasty all the time. And the job of washing feet was actually meant for non-Jewish slaves. I'm just going to kind of let that kind of sink in a little bit here. We're talking about Jesus, His disciples. And Jesus basically is willing to do something that none of them would have been willing to do for anybody. And there's a couple of things that Jesus is trying to accomplish here. And, and first of all, we, we see... Uh, you know, we see the disciples just kind of like losing their minds a little bit about this whole thing. They're like, you know, they're so wound up about this. Like, what are you doing washing our feet? Like, you can't wash my feet, you know. And then some of them are like, well, you just give me a whole bath, I guess, if you're going to go at it, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they don't figure, they're not figuring out why, you know, Jesus is willing to like be Mike Rowe for a day and take on the dirty job of washing people's feet. But Jesus was trying to make a point, trying to make a couple of points, to be honest. And one of those things that we see Jesus doing here is He's trying to set an example for us. That example that He was setting that day for us and for His disciples in that moment was that this is not just something to do, but it's something that, that we might humble ourselves to serve others, that we might be willing to do the dirty job to serve others. This was not in Jesus' job description. This was not. He, did He need to do this? Had he, not, had he not made some great points along the way? Could He not just go and get killed and then ra- raised from the grave a few days later? I mean, why is this so important? I mean, literally, at the last moments of Jesus' life, He is spending this time with his boys, you know, of whom one of them has straight up betrayed him. And he knows that others are going to deny him, like straight up, like, hey, you know Jesus? Be like, no, I don't know. I don't know a Jesus. You know, that's not me. I'm not with that guy. Who are you talking about? And what's he doing? He's like basically doing the thing that a slave would do for them if they could afford one. And He's modeling for us. 
He's modeling for us the attitude in which we should approach those people in which God has put into our lives that they might too be disciples of Christ. You may say, well, not all, not all the people in my life, Chris. Not all the people. No, no, no. Not the, not the, ones, not the ones who are going to stab me in the back. Not the ones who might betray me. Oh, really? No. Jesus washes all of their feet. And if that doesn't make a statement for us today, I don't know what does. 17 years ago, we started out on this trajectory of following the Lord into something that we believed He wanted to do for Him to be glorified and for other people to know who He is. And 17 years later, the question for us is still, are we willing to do that? Are we willing to get our hands dirty? Are we, and I, I, you know, Chris, people say, Chris, you know, 24 is great serving people and all that. Listen, I, I know that, and I'm great. I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. We have, we have some people who love the Lord and follow Him, but I, I want to warn us of something. It's also easy for us sometimes to compartmentalize these things in which we do for Jesus. This isn't about a ministry project. This is about our lives and how we give of ourselves to literally everybody that God has put into our lives. We are still called to model Christ. Period. And What does that look like? It looks like glorifying God. It looks like making Him known. It looks like worshiping him above all else, and and maybe maybe you you know you're kind of in this like New Year's like ah oh, you know what am I going to do about New Year this New Year and how am I going to approach this New Year what's some things I need to be thinking about or what are some things I need to change or you know whatever it is and and I'll just tell you that I think for most of us I think where we should start if not all of us where we should start is is my life a life that glorifies God? Do people know who He is because they know who I am? And, and really, listen, we can't, it, it doesn't do us any good to like do that to like check out the box, okay? Don't, don't approach it that way. Approach your relationship with the Lord. What, what's your discipleship looking like right now? Where, where are you with Jesus? Where's your relationship with God right now? That's, that's the real question. You may go, well, it's not, it's not real good right now. I'm not, I'm not really meeting with the Lord daily these days or whatever it is. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. Give it a shot. Make a change in your schedule. Cut out time for you and the Lord. What's that look like for you to spend time with Him? Uh, ben just put out a, a great reading plan that I think is a very doable reading plan to read, read through Scripture for this year. We're on day two. Like, you could totally catch up with day one right now, okay? <laughs> and, and, and this is a, be- it's a beautiful opportunity. You may say, well, it's not really my thing. Look, hey, just try it. Just try it. Uh, listen, if you don't want to try that one, there's like a million others out there. Find a way to spend time with the Lord in His Word. Furthermore, 
don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. It's part of what God has called us to as a body of believers is that we wouldn't do that alone. We'll be talking about some of these things in the weeks ahead, so I'm not going to talk about them a ton right now. And then the other thing is, is just loving others. God's called us to be a part of the process in reaching others. He, he does the work in people's hearts. He's calling us to be faithful with the relationships that He's given us in our lives. Even the ones that drive us crazy. Even the ones that betray us. Even the ones who would, behind our back, say, I don't even know who that person is. God's calling us to love them and to be Jesus to them and to model something for them. And I'm truly convinced that that happens through relationships, and we'll be talking about that uh, in the weeks ahead. Uh, But loving people naturally, and and that everyone can do this. We're all called to do it. It's not like all the extroverts should do that. It's not that. This is our mission. And and how how it happens can look different. That's fine. You know, it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. But God, lead us. Lead us in following you to do these things. This is, this, is a, this is a posture of our heart. And so where's our heart with the Lord? Is our heart completely open? And so over the, over the next, especially even next week, next week we're going to talk about new stuff. And that's really all I'm going to say about it. But next week we're going to talk about new stuff. And, and as we're doing so, I pray that even between this Sunday and next Sunday, that when you come, that you would be praying that you would ask God to soften your heart to the new things that he might call you to, whatever, whatever that looks like. And, and so just be praying about that and just have an open heart to that. Um, we've been called to model Christ in the days ahead. And here's what I see looking back. If we're counting, I see lots of days of hard work. I see untold numbers of people sacrificing for 17 years. Also see lots of mistakes. Also see lots of hard times. But I also see lots of people surrendering their lives to Jesus. I also see lots of people growing in their walk and their relationship with Christ. And you know the thing that stands out more than all of it? is I see God. I see God being faithful over and over and over and over again faithful. I mean, I, I just tell you, from, from behind the scenes and from getting to be in the position that the Lord has allowed me to be in, I can't even tell you all how much I have seen the Lord be faithful to this body of believers Romans 3, verse 3 says this. It says, What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? In the beginning of verse 4, it says three words. He says, By no means. By no means. You know how good God is? He's so good that when we're not faithful, He still is. He's so good that even when we haven't been faithful, He still was. 
He's so faithful that when we're not going to be faithful, He still will be. And this morning, I pray that He gets all the glory for anything that He does. Not any pastor, not a church name. But look at what He's done. Look at the lives He's changed. He's worthy of us taking that moment and recognizing the work that He has done in in the lives of so many in my life, in your life. That day Jesus washed their feet. But a few days later, He would wash their sin. And He did that for me and He did that for you. And if you're here and you've never trusted in Christ to be your Savior today, I pray that you would listen to Him, that you would run to Him as He speaks to your heart today. I pray that you would open it. I pray that you would let Him do the work that only He can do to save you from those things, those awful things in this life that He died on a cross to save us from. Look at what God has done. Look at the lives He's changed. In the weeks ahead, I pray that we as a church, we as a church, me too, that we would dig deep as we look inward and upward toward who God is calling us to be as a church. Blessings can be counted from the last 17 years. And I pray that the count doesn't stop. Let's pray. Lord, truly amazing. The model that you have given us, Lord, for this life. God, I pray that we wouldn't ignore it. I pray that we wouldn't try to change it. I pray that we wouldn't try to make it look like something that it's not. God, I pray that we would be faithful to it. And God, I pray that you would help us with our faithfulness to you and what it looks like to follow you and to do that. God, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that we have, God, just to meet you where we are. God, that we don't have to get cleaned up or anything or changed beforehand. God, that you do all of that in us. God, I pray for anyone that doesn't know you, God, today, that they would begin to understand that, that you would begin to cultivate in their hearts, Lord. It's not about how how good they are or anything else or how bad they've been, God, that you want them just like they are and that you do the changing. You make them new. God, thank you for the opportunity we have to be a part of your family. And God, thank you for the opportunity we have to be family together for one another. God, thank you for 17 years of faithfulness. Thank you for all that you have done. It is all you. And God, we praise you for it today. And God, I pray that that in the years to come, God, that you would continue to use us as the church that you've always called us to be. Glorifying you. Growing in you. Reaching others for the sake of your Son and the work that you have done to forgive us and to make us something special for your kingdom. God, use us for your glory. We ask all this in your Son's name.